Welcome back to Over Here. My name's Nick Finzer. I'm here with Alan Blanchard, and we are talking about the best jazz of, uh, I think, November 2019, right? Yep. Yep. And we're talking about that with our new playlist that's on Azadin Music's Spotify page. If you go there, search for This Is Jazz Today. It says curated by Azadin Music. And uh, we're almost reached the end of the year, so that it's getting to be pretty long, this playlist. Uh, but we're gonna, it's going to reset at the beginning of the year, so make sure you head over to Spotify and check that out. And uh, Alan, thanks for get, for putting together another edition of the playlist. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's always fun to see what's out there, and surprisingly, there are a lot more, uh, you know, like bigger names for November releases than I expected. I, I generally expect them to be, you know, a little earlier in the year. We talk about like um early spring a lot of these guys would put stuff out for um the summer festival tour but a lot of great albums actually out in november and none of them on this playlist are christmas music this time around that's good because we already did the christmas playlist totally separately so that people that don't want to hear christmas tunes don't have to hear christmas tunes although i know you have a special place in your heart for christmas tunes (laughs) yeah um well let's go ahead and get started man i've looked so Track number 10 is, I think, something um, a little bit uh, out there, I guess you could say. Maybe a little bit more heady, you know, certainly not always straight ahead stuff. It's the Hal Galper Trio, um, which has Jeff Johnson on bass and John Bishops on drums. And they uh, he put out this record called The Zone Live at the Yardbird Suite. Um, so I don't know. It It was a really interesting record. It was hard to choose one off of this because they all go like through different um sections you know from tune to tune to tune you know it's it's you might start listening one thing two minutes in you're completely somewhere else and then you you know you might come back or whatnot but really enjoyable trio record i think they do a lot of stuff that um it might not be in the expected of your normal trio uh you, you know kind of maybe reminds me a little bit of like a uh keith jarrett type sound and whatnot um but overall, great record. And I mean, definitely we'll give a shout out to uh, uh, the last track on the album, Good Night, Sweetheart, Good Night, um, a cover that he does, which is incredible. Uh, but I felt a little guilty putting it on the playlist because it's only like a minute and 25 minutes or a minute and 25 seconds. Um, so I went with Scufflin on the record, another great tune. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's also a live record, which we've talked about many a times how I'm a huge fan of live records. and hearing Hal Galper over the years, like when he did his album with Jerry Baganzi and uh, the Young Bloods and, and whatnot. And he's been working with this trio for for a bit, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I think people will really enjoy it. Yeah, and just fun fact, the drummer on the record, John Bishop, he runs that label called Origin Records. Oh. So for anyone out there that's uh, keeping track of such things. Well, this is on uh, Origin, in case you would have uh, (laughs) questioned that. No, I wouldn't have questioned that. I figured as much. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, that's cool. Al Galper, he's been teaching at um, Purchase for a very long time. I don't know how long. It seems like he's been there. Anyone's looking for uh, to study with Al Galper, that's where he teaches. SUNY Purchase. Fun fact. I'm just full of fun facts. Yeah, man. Today. What, I'm enjoying it. Let's keep going. You're like a Yahoo top. 
or Yoohoo Top. <laughs> yeah, you know? Yoohoo Top. Oh, Yoohoo. Yoohoo. You drink Yoohoo? I, I mean, I didn't, but like not religiously, but what childhood didn't have at least one Yoohoo Me. in your life? Oh, wow. Okay. Me. All right. I hate chocolate milk. Okay. So you feel very passionately about this, you know? I'm passionately, vehemently against the consumption of chocolate milk. It's dessert. Yeah, but I mean, okay, you're not wrong. I mean, do you like milk, though? <laughs> no, I don't drink okay, milk. Okay, there we go. Anyway, this is a topic <laughs> for another show. Let's keep going. <laughs> Number nine, Wild Animals We've Seen by Jonathan Kreisberg. Yeah. Uh, um, This is a great record. This uh, was actually recorded live in March of this year. Um, So really impressed on the turnaround there. Uh, to have it out only, you know, what, seven months later, I guess. And they probably submitted it before that. So flip it in six months. Um, Jonathan Kreisberg's on guitar, great guitarist with Martin Bayron on piano. Uh, Matt Closey on bass, I think it's Closey. And then Colin uh, Stranahan on drums. Um, it's it's on awesome. Like Jonathan Kreisberg is up there for me and guitarist, like with Peter Bernstein and whatnot. Um, and him and like really the interplay between him and Martin Verano is is incredible. I don't really know what else to say. It, it's definitely like really modern sounding. Um, I mean, they do a great version of Body and Soul on the record as well. But Wild Animals We've Seen was, uh, I don't know, it's just one of those tunes like when I was driving with this record, I just found myself like going to that track, you know, maybe skipping some of the others and going to that one, you know, just that one that like you keep uh revisiting i really think people will enjoy it especially if you're into like the the whole modern jazz thing and and uh guitar and i don't know i think sometimes people sleep on guitar in in a jazz setting and they're wrong but you know jonathan kreisberg's great well, some people some people really don't like good jazz and guitar some people i mean I can guess I I understand that, but when I when I think of like jazz not in guitar not fitting well together, it's because I'm listening to a bad guitarist. Sure, that's true too. Like, because all, all the people I think of that are great at guitar, I have no issue ever listening to them play. You know, I I understand. I'm not anti guitar. Obviously, <laughs> I have guitar in my my band. Yeah, so. I'm a fan. I, I don't know. It's it's cool. I think people will really enjoy the the record. I it doesn't even like feel like a normal guitar. You know, this is not the same guitar you're going to hear playing with the Oscar Peterson trio, and this is not Russell Malone with Diana Krall. It's something completely different. So, I mean, I would even tell those like if you're hesitant of guitar and jazz, like check this out. You really might dig it. Yeah, I mean, he's been playing that same band, or mostly that same band, for a long time. I know Colin. Colin's been playing with them for a long time. I know that at least. Yeah, and I mean, I saw them when they came through uh, Nashville earlier this year, and, and whatnot. It's it's great show, you know, great environment or atmosphere and everything. Where where did they play? At Rudy's in Nashville. At Rudy's. Yeah. Oh, okay, it's the place. It's the it place. Is, it is the hang, man. The hang. Uh, and next, I'm a little skeptical of this, but I know you had to include it. Yeah. I love this tune, Driftin', Herbie Hancock, but played by none other than the legendary jazz artist Jeff Goldblum. Well, okay, this might be cheating. Um, 
because Jeff Goldblum doesn't, to my understanding, actually play on this track on the record. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, right? <laughs> Joe Bag plays on the Hammond, um, which is funny because I originally, you know, I've listened to it off and on uh, and a little bit here or there. I mean, look, it, there are some great things about this record and there are some very bad things about this record. I think uh, the Miley Silas, Cyrus track singing The Thrill is Gone is awful. And from what I've Googled, many people really agree. <laughs> um, I think him having Gregory so Porter weird. is really cool. And like when he sings, um, little man, you've had a busy day at the end, you know, it's no, uh, Chet Baker, but it's, it's not bad by any means. And I think that's kind of where this record sits with me is a pleasant surprise for Jeff Goldblum's ability to play piano. Um, but again, on Drifting, he doesn't play on this track. And I originally put this on here because I was in disbelief of that was Jeff Goldboom playing. Um, and there's a good reason for that because it wasn't him playing. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's like, this is like so I'm really having a hard time wrapping my head around this. You see, it's Drifting. And then the next track is Miley Cyrus. And then the kicker, which is Joe Henderson. And it's like, really? Yeah, it's, it's a weird... <laughs> um, it's a weird dynamic. It also still just blows my mind that this is like the third thing he's put out. You know, if you count the single too. Um, the single, which, which is the single? Oh, Winter Wonderland. And so I'm just, I'm wondering if he's funding it all himself, but Universal Music is putting it out. So I don't really know. Yeah, it's not Decca Records. Well, it's Universal, but yeah. I don't know. I th I think, you know, when someone's when there's famous people attached to it, I think these things end up make at least breaking even, you know, cuz people have that interest to be like what is Yeah, this? and I mean he's or not like bad by any means. It's just um uh, certainly unexpected, though I would love to see like him and Jamie Foxx have a piano off because I feel like Jamie Foxx would win. Oh, you heard it heard it here <laughs> first. There's the what? Gonna host the battle, the Jeff Goldblum, Jamie Fox, Jamie Fox can battle. play, man, and he can sing. Hey, man, I'm not saying he can't. Oh, I hear we have yeah, a puppy is, in the background. Uh, that are the neighbor's dogs. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. We've gotten completely <laughs> off track, and the other thing that I, now I'm looking at Jeff Goldblum's uh, the cover. Oh, yeah. Of this record. And so there's a guy that I know who hosts a concert series in um, Palm Springs. And he, I remember he posted on Facebook when this came out that he was like at that, that house in Palm Springs and where they oh, took wow. that picture. I don't know how this is relevant really, but that's. Yeah. I'm so Palm amazed. Springs. They got a piano in the middle of a pool. Uh, yeah. Probably a crane or a platform platform probably just rolled it across yeah i highly doubt platform. that they're just you know pulling a crane into these expensive houses backyard <laughs> hey yeah, i mean yeah. it could be i usually just go for the most unlikely <laughs> difficult way of doing things that sounds like me all right so now from new jazz artist <laughs> to legendary yeah. jazz artists a couple uh, in a row here uh, something new yes, from Lee Conant. Lee Conant. And Lee Conant's is a, um, I got a, got a couple of bones to pick here. Um, the really the okay. only big bone is when artists do this, and I don't even know if they actually intend to. 
but they call it like a different group. And so it doesn't end up under like their main artist profile because this is attached to the Lee Conus Nonet. Oh, so this is just a... Uh, not to Lee Conus on Spotify and whatnot. Um, which is a shame yeah. because there's a lot of people then that might miss out on checking out this record at first, which is incredible. Um, Lee Conus is a very confusing and, and bewildering person with his playing. You know, it's just... I know I've said some people before will start out a composition and end somewhere else, but like Lee Conan's may or may not ever play something that is recognizable to you. Um, and somehow he gets done and he goes, Oh yeah, I just played all the things you are. And you're like, oh, okay, hold on, <laughs> go back. Um, but yeah, man, I was talking to, uh, and I, I've really gotten this Lee Conan's kick. And this is incredible that this came out because I was talking to uh, an FSU alumni, Jeff Denson, who played with him for many years. And he was like, yeah, we just played standards, but it didn't seem anything like standards. And he would just start playing and then not really playing the standard, but it is the standard. And all of a sudden you're into all the things you are. Um, and that's kind of how he approaches this stuff. But it's really cool because what is normally him playing these complicated lines and and these very uh, fugue-like passages almost is now notated out with a... Uh, nonet that includes like flutes, clarinets, bass clarinet, viola, cello, uh, two cello, I think actually bass and drums. So there's no brass uh, and it kind of gives him the ability as the, you know, alto to just kind of soar over it. And it almost makes it like a small orchestra type vibe. Um, and it's mm -hmm. just, it, it's really cool. And it's something I wouldn't necessarily always put on to just like, listen to um like there, there are certain tracks on here that i would have on in the background and listen to and there are other tracks that like i would want to actively listen to and and really like i would find myself you know maybe listening to it once all the way through and then having to stop and check something else out and like to try and piece together a little bit like that to make sure i catch up with everything um but it's really cool i mean they go through many things like the last track on here is just trio um you know so you, you got alto bass and drums which is always nice to hear like a pianist trio in that sense. Um, but his versions of like, I cover the waterfront and then I picked in the wee small hours of the morning are just like, it, it lets him just shine, you know, with his melodic lines and everything. And I think people will, uh, will really enjoy it. Um, and I don't know, I'm just getting more into the, the small big band, large ensemble type vibe lately, I think. And, and it's, it's, it's being able to highlight that with someone who's, clearly a genius at playing their instrument. Mm -hmm. And was this recorded recently or is this like an older thing? That That's just where I've had now? trouble finding. So I'm going to assume that it was recorded recently and they're doing like covers of older music of his. Um, because besides the standards, like some of the other songs right, he's written sure. um, before, but yeah, I was having issues. Let's see. So yeah, they formed the Nonet from what I'm looking up right now in 2002. So I'm assuming it was at least recorded mm -hmm. in the last 15 years or something, you know. Since then. Yeah, I just uh knowing from just like running into Lee over the summer, I wasn't sure if he was still playing a super mm. lot or I, you not. Know, just casually running but... into Lee Conants. Yeah, no. What would I know? Well, no, we did this no, we played this uh Birth of the Cool um 
whatever, 90th celebration or 70th or whatever mm. it was, 50th, I forget. Okay. Must have okay. been 50th. 1969? No, that didn't come out in 1969. Must have been 1959, so it was 50 years. 60 years? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, they were reissued the box set of it or whatever. It anyway, was, uh, so we was there. Just to... Doesn't matter. 1957. So why did we do it last summer? I that, don't, I don't really know. I don't remember. It was at Jazz Lincoln Center. Maybe it had something to do with uh, it, it was together, recorded but... between 1949 and 1950, but it was released later. Because like the Birth of the Cool is like a uh, compilation, right? Oh, so if it was 49, so if it was 49, then, then it would have been some number anniversary, 70, like 70 years or something. Yeah. Anyway, that's irrelevant. All right. Number um, six. Where <laughs> number Keith six, Jarrett Keith now. Jarrett. Um, I can easily answer your question here. This was recorded in Munich in 2016. Um, it's a live record <laughs> and it is Keith Jarrett being Keith Jarrett in a solo recital, man. It is nuts. And what's really cool about this is when I opened it, um, and for anyone that goes and checks this out, there it's just like part one through part 12 and then there's three tunes at the end um and so you really can't have any preconceived oh, i'm gonna check this one out i'm not gonna check this one out you know i don't like this tune i like this tune or whatnot um and they are uh like if you play one into the other i honestly do not know if he stopped or if he just played for like three hours straight because Right, and they just like they like that. take on, yeah, and they, they take on like different it. like forms and different um moments and whatnot. Like, um, let's see, part uh, I guess this is nine is what, yeah, part nine is like kind of like boogie woogie style. Um, part one is like really uh virtuosic and like dissonant and very up tempo and everything and a bunch of polyrhythms which goes on for a long time and um but i don't know man it's it was really tough to pick something because like i said it's so um and, and like you're probably right you know they just kind of broke it up where they could um and whatnot part three that i ended up going with was maybe one of the more gentle <laughs> ones he did uh it's a ballad with like a lot of gospel and inflections mm -hmm. and whatnot um and you hear the very characteristic uh, Keith Jarrett singing along as he plays. Uh, but yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's a great, great album. It's definitely something that you can easily get lost, you know, start one track and then find out your five tracks later and you're still thinking that you're on the first. And it's just, um, it's, it's nuts to listen to and be like, where do you get these ideas? Because it doesn't. I feel like after, you know, a couple minutes, I'd be like, all right, look, I'm doing the same thing over again. But Keith Jarrett doesn't. He just keeps going on and, and on and bringing in so many different uh, inspirations. And obviously he listened to a lot of people like Shostakovich and Hindemith and and uh, Ravel and these great composers of, of the time and whatnot. And, you know, study a lot of piano work probably helps. But, um, sure. yeah, it's it's awesome. Nice. I haven't checked that out yet. I'll have to do that. I'm missing out. I know I am. One, two, three. So number five, this is an interesting one. So 
can't be a Winton record without you including it on the playlist, obviously. But it's yeah, something else, right? It, this it is was from for a uh, for something else for a motion picture that they did the music to. But it also like he didn't do the entire record or anything. Um, like Tom York and Fleer on some of these tracks, and Daniel Pemberton and and whatnot. Um, I didn't intend to put it on here. But it was one of those things that I found it making its way into my um, Spotify playlist when I was driving and whatnot. And it's it's just really, it's it's nuts to think too, like in this motion picture soundtrack, there's um, not to like insult other music scores or, or anything because there's a wide variety of music that you have in, in films and everything. But they do he does like such virtuosic stuff on this with like the interval leaping that he does and the the speed that is at and part of it is i'm just sitting here like can't believe it you know that that stuff's hard <laughs> um but i don't know it's it's cool you know they have other tracks on this with that has like uh charlie parker and dizzy gillespie and monk and them doing like relaxing with lee um Winton's on the majority of the tracks besides like Round of Midnight done by Babs Gonzalez and Tommy York and Flea doing another one. Um but it was cool. You know, I originally got hip to this not because of the film, but because uh I think Philip Norris and Isaiah Thompson, uh who I know were pushing on Facebook, you know, like, hey, this has been released when so I and checked it out and was just pleasantly surprised. Uh and it, it's great to see film music that can like really stand on its own. And um, I'm not disappointed in, you know, or I'm not just like listening to it for nostalgia reasons, but it's here's this, you know? Sure. And it's funny. I actually just listened maybe a two weeks ago, one week ago, I've relatively recently to something, a podcast about this author that wrote this book that this movie is about. And I had no idea that, Witten was somehow involved I'm, with this the, yeah, the project. I mean, I have no it's idea so about the project at all, but I, I kind of like want to go from the other side now, you know, because of this, I was like, well, I wonder what kind of movie has this kind of music behind it, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's supposed to be a very, very interesting book and I don't know how it translates into a movie, but um, it's supposed to be, I, from what I heard, it's supposed to be good. So I guess, uh, or I don't know. I guess it's supposed to be at least thought provoking. Sure. Thought provoking. So yeah, um, yeah, maybe worth checking out. And now we have a track from our number four for this month. Everyone's favorite <laughs> pianist under the age of fifteen. Actually, I don't know how old he is anymore. Yeah, um, but uh, Joey this is Alexander. a single for an upcoming record. He has uh, Warna, um, which there were first off. I love and I hate Joey Alexander at the same time. Um, let me rephrase. I love him because, like, great playing. I okay. more envy him because, like, holy crap, kid. <laughs> you can freaking play. Uh, and it's not so. What, what else was confusing um, is I was reading up on this, you know, trying to find some more information about the release. And they were like, well, this is the first uh, release of a major label. And I was like, wait, what were the last ones he did? Because they were all seemed like pretty big releases you know yeah that's what i thought right weren't they um, motema which i guess is not big enough let's see 
Yeah. Well, they I got guess it this depends one on coming who you out. ask. Um, it's released with Verve. So Verve and UMM, or UMG, not UMMG. Um, it's awesome, man. The trio behind him is Larry Grenadier and Kendrick Scott. And so, yeah, I'm always for listening oh, nice. to uh, Kendrick Scott and Larry Grenadier. <laughs> They're great. Joey added in. That's awesome. And it's just a, um, he has like a, you know, a sense of maturity, which always blows my mind um, to his playing at least, you know, and, and especially with knowing, with having asked pianists before, like, hey, how do you get like such a dense and full sound out of the piano? And they'll be like, man, that's the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, and it takes us years to do it. But then this guy goes to play and he's, I'm like, wow, all right, well, he's nailing it pretty good. Well, you know. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I'm sure very looking forward to checking it out. It, it has like a lot of, uh, his playing's kind of changed in my opinion is more like I'm hearing some people like Cyrus Chestnut in it. And that might just because I, I've been listening to him a lot lately. Um, but I, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be a cool record. They do, uh, other tracks on here, like inner urge, uh, mosaic of beauty and some originals. Um, it looks like. And, uh, you know, we'll see what he does. He also brings on like a Venezuelan uh, percussionist and a flautist to join him. So who knows? It might be like more ethereal uh, type music or, or whatnot, but we'll see what happens. It is not yeah. out on Where does it come out? Or is it out no already? Idea. Um, oh, not for January 30th. I would guess not until January. So. Yeah, I was going to say not till January. Nice. Cool. Well, all right. Number three, full of jazz legends here. Uh, Bird at 100 yeah, I mean, from Vincent Herring. I just feel like if this record came out and I didn't put it on the playlist, I would somehow not ever have a career. Um, not because I ever felt bad about putting this on the record, <laughs> but because, as you said, like, holy crap. <laughs> it's Vincent Herring, Bobby Watson, and Gary Bartz. Uh, tribute. Yeah, a lot yeah, of alto. And a lot of alto. three of the alto players that I by no means mind listening to, you know? Um, and they're doing their sure. thing to to Bird. And then they got the rhythm section behind them, which is incredible. Um, I'm going to mess up this pianist's last name. David Kikoski? Kikoski? Um, and the bassist Yasushi Nakamura and Kikoski. the drummer Carl Allen. Yeah. Um, which, you know, what a support. And I think you would attest that having a rhythm section like that behind you is uh, is great. You know, it certainly feels freeing. And then they were like, hey, let's just sprinkle on, um, I don't know, mm -hmm. three of arguably the best alta players of our day. And uh, let's see how they do with some uh, monk or let's with uh, some bird tunes. And um, surprise, they did incredible. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if anyone was like, I bet you that record's going to be bad. <laughs> Um, because that I just I don't know, man. It's there's not a track on here I don't like yet, and I'm sure that there will be, but it won't be because I don't like it. It'll be because I've listened to it too much. Um, and it, it's just cool. It's also great to hear like sure. new interpretations of standards, and I feel um like I don't get me wrong. I love people's originals, and I love hearing that. But it's always cool to when you're shedding a tune like April in Paris or these foolish things and something, and then be able to 
YouTube it or, or look it up on Spotify and be like, oh, what am I going to check out today? You know, and then like, oh, wow, hey, here's these three alto players playing it that are this. And like, not to say that's better than Charlie Parker's recording or anything, but it gives a new interpretation of it, new spin and everything. It can help um, provoke thoughts or, or, or ideas or anything, you know? But um, yeah, I mean, it's nuts. Totally. Yeah. And that's birds. That'd be awkward if they released it like the hundred and first year and then called it bird at a hundred because yeah, that'd be, (laughs) that'd be, I actually would like that more. Maybe that might be more funny. Probably, (laughs) but no. Uh, Moving on to number two, we have, uh, Man, I saw a really oh, negative wow. review well, about this record in Downbeat. Um, because I didn't think Back. it was bad at all. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're, I mean, uh, I'm allowed to have their own opinion. I well, just, to everyone you know, else that's not following along at home, <laughs> we're talking about Bria Skonberg's uh, new record, um, Nothing Never Happens. That good old double negative right there. Um. I don't know. I thought it was great, man. They do um, like this crisscross mashup version of um, Blackbird Fantasy, which is like the Beatles Blackbird mixed with Ellington's Black Tan and Fan or Black and Tan Fantasy, which maybe is uh, what causes some people not to like it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, look, she sings. She plays trumpet. Chris Padishaw's on there, who's a phenomenal pianist and organ player. Doug Wamble on guitar again, Yasushi Nakamura on bass and Darian mm-hmm. Douglas on drums. Um, I think it's a phenomenal record. I've been more hip to her playing. I think um, when she did that, uh, that tour with like Cecile and Jameson and uh, you know what I'm talking about where they sent like all the young musicians on the road from uh, Monterey or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah and like you know, just seeing Christian it Sands. over and over on social media and whatnot from other people I'd followed. I was like, man, I really haven't checked her out. I should check her out. Um, and it's not that I regret it. It's just there's there's so much you know all the time that you have a hard time finding stuff, um, or not finding stuff, making sure you get to everything. Uh, but yeah, she's killing. You know, a phenomenal trumpet player, great singer. I like her compositions. I was reading up that like. One of her main mentors was Warren Vache, which is cool. You know, she also studied with, uh, um, I think she studied with Ingrid Jensen. Uh, but I know that they're also from Canada. I think they're both from Canada. Uh, I could be making that up. I think they're both from Canada. Um, which has nothing to do with their trumpet playing. Again, this is just like when I was like, who is Bria Skonberg? And I started Googling stuff. Uh, but it's it's a great record. So I don't know. Again, people are allowed to have opinions. Um, and mine strongly differs against Downbeat, you know, a very large jazz uh, album. But what do I know? Sure. I mean, there was just one reviewer, you know, in that magazine. So I wouldn't take it as the end-all be-all uh, of, of what it is. But... Um... Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. They said that it, like didn't really well, go cool. anywhere, didn't I really mean, do anything. What are they doing though? Are they putting out records? In terms of the record so, as a whole. Hey, I mean, 
me. They are not. I mean, she also has eight, yeah. seven point five so, million streams on this other track. She, she is from when is it from? Two years ago. Interesting. She was signed to a major label. Now this one is not drama independently in the label released. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. No, hmm. I just think it's un unrealistic maybe, expectations. Maybe of uh labels maybe interesting she has a bunch on sony and then this one's back to on her own maybe she just didn't want to be with the label anymore interesting square I, one i wonder if that's I alexa tarantino square one think about that i doubt it <laughs> i mean i don't know <laughs> Yeah, it's not. I have no idea. No, it says Alexa by, doesn't have lyrics. Not to say Alexa is so bad, but doesn't have lyrics, so that would, that would stop that one. So true. So true. All right, getting back on track here. I got to get back to the playlist. I don't. Here we go. All right, so back up to number one and uh, a frequent 2019 playlist. Uh, collaborator here new album uh john batiste has a new track new album also recorded live at the village vanguard i think during the same new residency album. as uh anatomy of angels and an album he released earlier this year um which i think they're gonna overall release as like a like a double album or whatnot um Yeah, sure, I mean, why not? Only... Release them both separately and then re-release them as a double, double um, album. Hey, it's killing, man. It's it's awesome. I mean, I've been following John Batiste for a while. I know you knew him beforehand because, you know, school together. So it's just great music. And it has like a certain vibe to it, a certain energy um, that is so unique that uh, I think it's just something about the way he does things, you know, bridges the gap between like jazz musicians checking it out and people stumbling upon it in popular music and such a charismatic person. And it, it I think it really shines through in his music. And so you hear um, interplay of his stay human band throughout it. And like people like Patrick Bartley and uh, have uh, Devon Pennicott coming through and, and whatnot and it's just uh of course like joe sailor on drum and the other bass player he plays with a lot phil um phil coon i think it is um keen yeah i mean it's just it's a great album mm -hmm. and it's they they do did talk about it in some of it that um the this album i guess was recorded on the opening night of the residency um or, or part of this was from at least that at the village vanguard was like right when roy hargrove died um and so the track soulful on here mm -hmm. um is kind of like the trumpeter uh give it gallon given like uh, remembering a hargrove and whatnot because i guess roy was like a very big influence of his and was also uh, a mentor to john and everything and then um you know which then follows up um, mm -hmm. by two special uh, pieces of spoken word, story and order, which kind of like open that track and then end that track and all. So it's kind of like 
uh, an interesting dynamic of like here's this album, this live session, and, and whatnot. But they're also mixing it with um, what theoretically could have been like a larger uh, uh, artistic endeavor or artistic project and whatnot. And so it's cool to like, I because I think I actually heard them out of order because Spotify's just always on shuffle for me. Um, and then after going back and doing that, you know, I felt like I was like, well, I got to re-listen to this mm-hmm. again, you know, spoken the, the tune and then the spoken out and see like the full intent of it and what he was trying to, uh, invoke there and, and all, but a good album, really, really cool. I picked, uh, the opening track off of it, black with two C's. Um, and I don't know, it's just, I don't think there is a better way to describe it than just like charisma like it like he his playing is someone i mean and we can say that about everyone's playing like it kind of mimics them and whatnot like you can see their personality shine through it but like his is just so unique and i think uh you know when you listen to him talk or, or joke around or mm-hmm. do stuff with colbert or, or do interviews or anything you just you listen you're like yep that is definitely john and i can tell you that that is how john plays too Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely very thing, individual. You know? That is a hundred percent for sure. No, it's a good it's a good thing. I think many people strive to to reach a some kind of unique yeah, musical it, it identity. It's hard. It is hard. Amazing. Well, that's it. That's our ten tracks for best of november 2019 we're getting close to the end of the year here and uh we also started uh, a new podcast weekly not a podcast a playlist weekly to help find new releases on spotify as uh it takes us a little bit of digging to find these releases every month and uh, i wanted to find a better way to try to share and find for myself at least that what was new and coming out so uh, we have New Jazz Monday playlist that gets updated each week. Um, so you can find that on the Outside of Music Spotify profile. Just search New Jazz Monday and you will find that. And uh, we are so glad you're here. Thanks for listening. Find the playlist either on our website, outsideofmusic.com, or in your uh, favorite Spotify app. So, Alan, thanks again for putting together the playlist. And uh, we'll see you again next month. <laughs>